This is Tailgate Till May, part of the Believe Podcast Network. If you love college sports and you like to have a little action on the games, then this is the place for you because I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I love both of those things too. Thank you for making Tailgate Till May part of your routine. And today we are reacting to Michigan's national championship win over Washington. It was a relatively close game into the fourth quarter. It was a one score game into the fourth quarter, but it really didn't feel that way. If you're watching the game, it didn't feel that way. If you look back at the box score, if you look at some of the stats we're used to looking at, if you look at some of the advanced stats, it really was a Michigan blowout. And that's how it felt to me for much of the night. Michigan gets out to this early lead, 14 to 3 in the first quarter. They're running all over them, running all over the Huskies with Donovan Edwards really leading the way. A guy who was a big part of that rushing attack last year, has taken a bit of a back seat to Blake Corum this year. And uh, he came up huge to start this game. Two touchdowns in the first quarter, carries the ball six times, 104 yards, and he really gets Michigan off on the right foot in this one. It felt like Michigan could deliver a knockout blow early. They didn't. Washington, I thought, actually responded nicely. They They withstood that big early punch. They were in the game, but it didn't feel like they really had a real opportunity to get back into the game. Just looking back at it, they had a bunch of possessions a bunch of possessions down just seven with the ball. And I believe it was one, two, three, three, three possessions in the second half or four possessions actually in the second half where they had the ball down seven and on those four possessions, they threw an interception. They gained 11 yards and punted. They gained 18 yards and punted and they gained one yard and punted. And that was really the story of the night. Michigan's defense shut down this fantastic Washington offense. Michigan's elite unit was better than Washington's elite unit, and Michigan's running game was fantastic, running for eight yards per carry on the night, 303 yards. So what does all this mean? What is my big takeaway from this? Well, first, I was wrong with how I thought this game was going to play out. I really came into this one thinking, look, in 2023, 2024, elite offenses are, it's better to have an elite offense than it is to have an elite defense. The game is set up in a way where an elite offense can beat an elite defense. And that turns out not to be the case, at least last night. It didn't look that way last night. Last night, it sure looked Like, it's better to have an elite defense than it is to have an elite offense. And I keep going back to this idea that this was a win for what I would call Big Ten values, for running the ball, for being strong in the trenches, for playing good defense. Those are traditional Big Ten values. And I'm laughing as I'm saying it because it sounds like something you'd hear a politician say as they're campaigning throughout the state of Michigan. We represent Big Ten values. In fact, you can almost hear Jim Harbaugh, you know, uh, making a run for Senate or a congressional seat 
in five, 10 years in the state of Michigan and you cut to the ad where there's kind of scary music playing, downtrodden music playing, and a guy says, my name's Joe from Kalamazoo, and I've been watching Big Ten football for 50 years. Ryan Day had completely changed the game. Ohio State was passing all over the place. That didn't represent the Big Ten. That's not the Big Ten that I knew. And then cue to the upbeat music, a shot of Jim Harbaugh, maybe a shot of Blake Corum running through the Washington defense. The music turns. It's upbeat. Jim Harbaugh's face is on the screen. He says, I'm Jim Harbaugh. I'm running for Senate, and I restored Big Ten values to the Big Ten. I believe in defense and the running game. I believe in the trenches. And that's what last night felt like. It felt like a win for those that traditional Big Ten style of play. That Big Ten defense, Big Ten running game, the importance of the trenches. And it, it was a win for Michigan. It was a win for the Big Ten, and it really harkens back to a, a different era of football. And that's kind of the first thought I had there, and I think that is all true. But when you dig a little deeper at who has been winning national championships, even over the last five years or so, yes, that 2019 LSU team stands out to us for its offense. It was an unreal offense. I was there in the Mercedes-Benz Dome for that Peach Bowl semifinal game against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma never had a chance in that game. That LSU offense was so good. They threw all over them. They threw all over everybody. They put up 63 in that game. They put up 42 in the national championship game against Clemson. There's NFL players all over that offense. They have an NFL quarterback on that team in in Joe Burrow. Uh, It's a great, great offense. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, that one-two duo rivals most if not all receiving duos in the nfl let's put it this way you would love to have those two guys as your one two in the nfl right now that would be unbelievable to have those two guys as your one two if you're an nfl team right now and lsu had that in college with joe burrow with joe burrow an unbelievable offense but when you look back at some of these other teams Georgia's back-to-back national title teams. This Michigan team now, they've done it with defense. I would argue the 2021 Georgia team did it more with defense than the 2022 Georgia team did. I think that 2022 Georgia team uh, is actually a really good offense, and it was actually more offensive-driven than it was defensive-driven. Still a good defense, but I thought the, the offense... Uh, was more noticeable than it was in 2021. But that 2021 defense is is the reason they won the national championship that year. And that's the same reason Michigan won the national championship this year. So as much as this is a win for what I'm calling big traditional Big Ten values, the Big Ten style of play, running the ball and playing great defense, it's also not so drastically different than what we've seen from Georgia, from Alabama earlier in the Nick Saban era. I think that 2019 LSU and that 2020 Alabama team that had those great receivers and, and was really an offensive, uh, offensively driven team, 
kind of skews our perception of the era that we're in. And it's so easy to get mesmerized by those offenses, by an offense like Washington this year that was so fun to watch, that stepped up at every big moment throughout the entire season until it faced this elite unit in Washington, in Michigan. And it's interesting because I thought that Texas defense was really good. And I still think it was very good, but there's a difference between very good and elite. And so elite offense can certainly beat very good defenses. It seems like elite defenses still have the upper hand, at least in college over elite offenses. And, you know, I think as much as Michigan did this differently than some of the super teams of the past where they're not recruiting at a top five level year in year out, they're not the most talented team in the country. They still had a ton of depth on the lines. They were still beasts in the trenches. Uh, they, they won this with physicality. That was their calling card. Uh, they had great defensive backs and it, it just goes to show I think I was very wrong about the era of football that we are in where elite offenses will beat elite defenses. I think this is still a game that is one in the trenches. Uh, when you have two elite units going up against one another, that elite defense can and uh, has won out in recent years. Now there's not a time. It's, it's possible that in an uh, unbelievable offense, like LSU 2019, will come along and carry a team to the national title. Washington's offense was very good, great even, elite certainly, but it was not to that LSU level, clearly after last night, because there were times, and they were few and far between throughout the season, where that Washington offense didn't quite show up. That never happened with that LSU 2019 team. So that's a huge takeaway for me was this was a win for the trenches, a win for the importance of physicality, line play, and not that Washington isn't a physical team, but Michigan is clearly the more physical team here. So, uh, you know, going forward, I, I don't want to be tricked when I'm looking at teams and I'm evaluating teams, I'm looking at, can they win a national championship? I think I don't want to get tricked. I don't want to be mesmerized by some of these offenses. And it's really, really easy to do because they're just so much fun to watch. The other thing I, I'm thinking about with this national championship game, and it has as much to do with this national championship game, or it has as much to do with the, the whole season and some of the macro trends going on in the sport as it does this national championship game is it does seem like we're really seeing a renewed importance on the running game. I mean, you look at Alabama this year, and yeah, they did it with the quarterback run, so it looks a little bit different. But this team, this Alabama team, this Alabama offense, is looks a lot more similar to some of the early Alabama Saban offenses than it does to that 2020 national title team, the Tua years, it's they're using the run a lot, but it's the quarterback run. Uh, but nonetheless, it's the run. Michigan, we just talked a ton about. Michigan in the national championship game, their starting quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, only had to throw the ball 18 times. He went 10 of 18 in that game. 
That's 55.6% completion percentage. And the game wasn't particularly close. They never needed him to do more. So we know about Michigan's running game. And the way the running back position has been devalued in the NFL, the way a lot of these defenses in college have shifted personnel to become a little bit lighter to defend some of these air raid attacks, the spread attacks, it seems like there's an opportunity that coaches are taking advantage of where if you can run power, if you can have an effective running game, there's an opportunity. This is kind of the uh, adjustment to the adjustment. First, these air raid offenses came in uh, to kind of find a, a way to move the ball that was non-traditional and, and give defenses defenses problems. Then defenses adjusted to that. And now offenses are adjusting to that adjustment. And I think that combined with the fact that the running back position has been so devalued in the NFL, the fact that we do have NIL now and uh, players do have an incentive, especially a, a running back who might not go early, who might not get, you know, have a particularly long shelf life in the NFL or might, you know, be a late draft pick, uh, not make the team and not really know what to do from there does have the security of saying, Hey, I'm going to come back to a place like an Alabama, like a Michigan, like an Ohio state, wherever. And I can get paid pretty well via NIL. I think that means that we're going to see a lot more of these really highly touted running backs staying in school and look no further than the big 12 and what the big 12 has coming back. Now, Ollie Gordon was not eligible to go to uh, the the NFL draft, but a bunch of other guys in the Big 12 were. Taj Brooks at Texas Tech, who finished the season fourth in the nation in, in rushing, is coming back. R.J. Harvey finished sixth in the nation in rushing at UCF. He's coming back to UCF. Uh, Devin Neal at Kansas finished in the top 20 in rushing nationally. He's coming back to Kansas. There are a lot of good running backs coming back in the Big 12. And the Big 12 is kind of patient zero for that air raid, for that the implementation of the air raid and the adjustment to the air raid. And I think that's kind of why they're on the cutting edge right now, where we're seeing a lot of these heavy rushing attacks, really good running backs in the Big 12 because they have adjusted to the adjustment. So that's kind of something between Michigan running the ball so effectively in the national championship game, winning a national championship with running and defense. And then what we've seen elsewhere, particularly in the big 12 this year, that makes me think that's something we are going to continue to see until the next adjustment happens. And, you know, that's kind of the, the fun thing about sports and football in particular is you do have all these adjustments and you see the evolution of the game and, and it's a, a fun little chess match there, but that's kind of what I'm seeing following last night's national championship game. Um, I think elsewhere with Michigan, you know, J.J. McCarthy just wasn't asked to do a whole lot this whole season. And I think more than anything, that's a testament to Michigan, how good that running game is, how good that defense is, that J.J. McCarthy never had to win them a football game. He was never asked to put him on their back and go win them a football game. And I think that just shows what a solid all-around team this Michigan team was that they never had to do that. Yes, he had a big drive. He led a big game tying drive 
uh, in that Rose Bowl against Alabama. He'll always be remembered for that. He's the quarterback of a 15-0 undefeated national championship Michigan team. Uh, the first Michigan national championship was since 1997, the one they split, and then the first outright Michigan national title since I believe let's see what was it what year I, I know I heard I heard since the Korean War a whole lot last night so since 1948 their first undisputed title since 1948 uh, so JJ McCarthy will always be that guy but I think it's actually impressive it's not a knock on Michigan that he didn't have to do that this year that they didn't have to lean on him it just kind of tells you uh what this team was all about as far as the sign stealing scandal goes and connor stallions yeah it has to be mentioned when we look back at this team it's certainly a note in history but at the end of the day this team went 15 and 0 uh it's not how i will remember this team i will think about this defense i will think about mikey sander still i'll think about uh, I, I'll think about you know some of the other guys on this defense. Mason Graham will, will be a guy that always comes to mind for me. Will Johnson. I'll think about Blake Corum and, and what he gave to that program over the years and the way he ran the ball and the toughness that he played with and, and just that running game as a whole. Uh, that's how I'll remember this Michigan team. I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time thinking about that scandal. I'll let other people do that. Uh, I understand why you'd be frustrated about it if you're an Ohio State fan. I understand, you know, if you're a fan of another team, why that would frustrate you, but it's just not how I'm going to think about this team. As far as next year goes, there are already championship odds out. Of course there are. Why wouldn't there be? There's also odds for like week, I guess week zero next week, I see a Florida State Georgia Tech line. Uh, guys, I'm just quite frankly not ready to get into any of this yet. We got a basketball season ahead. We got March Madness. I mean, we, we just kicked off conference play uh, in earnest in college basketball. That's where my attention is right now. I'm going to be putting a lot of attention to March Madness once we get there. And uh, I want to focus on that. I want to focus on some, you know, the games on the court. There will be plenty of time to look ahead to the 2024 college football season. And, you know, I love futures, just not ready for futures on January 9th, 2024. But uh, rest assured, there will be plenty of football content coming your way in the coming weeks. We'll do a ton of basketball, do football too, because football, college football at this point is a 365-day-a-year sport. It never sleeps. And uh, so there will be plenty to talk about. I am just not ready to bet anything for the 2024 season on January 9th when we got about eight months to go till toe meets leather. I just want to give everybody, a, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody who listened to the show, who followed me on social media throughout this college football season. Obviously gambling and my picks are a huge part of this show. It's a huge piece of what I talk about this on this show. I had a fantastic year. I finished up 40 units on the season plus 40 units netted out at 40.93 units on the season. A big part of that certainly was Michigan winning the national title at 10 to one odds. That's an odd. That's a bet I put in last June. So I might not be ready on January 9th to put in national title bets, but by June, I certainly will be maybe earlier. Who knows? Maybe April, maybe May, but uh, definitely by June, uh, I'll be ready to be putting some, some stuff in because Michigan 
was a team that I really liked from that point on uh, going into this season, and it paid off big for me. So uh, that was big hitting on those futures, hit some Washington futures to make the college ball playoff. I hit Washington to win the Pac-12. That was big. Hit some money line parlays throughout the year. Uh, I ended up hitting three of those money line parlays of the week throughout the season. I went three and 10 on those, but it netted out at uh, just under 11 units, so 10.78 units on those money line parlays. I was up just under eight units on spread bets. I was up just under eight units on totals. Overall, I placed 195 bets. I gave out 195 bets, ended up being up 40 units. So thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for following along. Uh, It was a ton of fun this season, and uh, I ended up having a great season. If you were following, if you're tailing at all, I hope you had a great season too. That's our show for today. I will be back later this week to preview a big weekend in college basketball. They're all big weekends at this point. We have conference play, and we're going to have conference play for the next two months leading up to March Madness. It's a ton of fun. I, As much as I love college football, I love college basketball just as much, and we're going to have games to watch. We're going to have games to bet every night and not just games but big games so stay tuned got a ton of basketball content coming i'll be back later this week with that until next time keep the girl hot and the cooler cold 